What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me, as always, is my podcasting partner, Paul. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Nick. And welcome to this edition of Fanning the Flames, everybody's favorite Phoenix Suns podcast made by the fans. That's us. For the fans, that's you guys. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully you're fans. You should be fans if you listen to a Phoenix Suns podcast, I guess. Uh, as always, our intro and outro music brought to you by Oceans Over Airplanes. Check them out. Great band. Great band. So what's on the rundown here this week for us, Paul? We've got Marquise kind of Chris. We've got, yeah, we've had some stuff happening. We've got Marquise Chris being suspended for a game. We'll chat about that a little bit. Uh, there's been some chatter out there in the NBA Twitterverse about Aaron Gordon possibly being available for trade and maybe the Suns. Should, should not take a look at that. We'll cover that. Uh, Devin Booker injured again, out for the next game against the Lakers, and uh, perhaps I maybe... I heard that. Yeah, yeah, I think he's been ruled out already. I might have just made that up. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't think I did, though. And uh, we'll see if maybe he should just be shut down until after the All-Star break. Get the, get, let the guy get a little healthy. He's obviously been banged up a bit. And then we'll chat about a couple of, or maybe just one trade idea uh, outside of the Aaron Gordon thing. Uh, so, first things first, Marquise Obey Chris. Thirst. Obey your thirst. Sprite. Drink Sprite. That's like from, what, like the late 92? 90s? <laughs> Early 90s? Is that I don't know. old? Huh. We'll have, to, we'll have to look into that. Thank you for that tangent. You're uh, Marquise Chris suspended for the game against the who Hornets. They play? Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets. Fantastic game for the Suns for about, mm, mm. what? Two 30 minutes, half 30 minutes or so, give or take. Yeah, quarters. that'd be two and a half quarters. Look at that. Uh, they were up 21 at one point, ended up losing that game. Even though they shot, I think, 53% from the field and like 51% from three-point range and held the Hornets to 43 and like 27 or something like that. But they still managed to lose the game. But hey, you know what? I'm not crying over that because draft picks, mm. right? DeAndre Ayton, anybody? Yep. Just gonna, <laughs> two minutes, two minutes, two and ten minutes seconds in. until <laughs> I mentioned to DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, that's uh, we might have to start taking you know over unders on that one. We're gonna start see the first words on the next podcast is gonna be DeAndre. Ayton. <laughs> Welcome to the DeAndre Ayton Love Podcast, uh, starring starring me because I'm the one most vocal about it. But regardless, so Chris was suspended. Uh, the the backstory behind it came out uh, a little more today because yesterday, uh, recording on a Monday, yesterday being Sunday, being the day of the Hornets game, there wasn't a lot of information about it, but turns out that after the previous game, the Suns have a rule that if you don't play 20 minutes, you do some work after. You do some cardio, whatever it might be, so that you know players can stay in shape throughout the year. Makes sense. Chris, I think, played 14 minutes, maybe 16 minutes, somewhere in there, and started icing immediately after the game. Then at some point, the strength and conditioning coach, whoever you know, runs that little post-game uh, workout for the Suns, started wondering where Chris was. Uh, and Chris, I, I guess, said, oh, I didn't realize you know, how many minutes I had played and that I didn't hit the 20. So he started icing and... It kind of escalated from there. And when I say escalated, I mean it went to Triano or whoever it might be, maybe up to McDonough, and the decision was made to suspend Chris for that game. When I say escalated, I don't mean that there was, you know, any real... Yeah, no fisticuffs, no physical confrontation. From what Gambo reported, it wasn't even like... Right, it wasn't even like there was a big shouting match or anything like that. And and Chris came out today when asked about it and basically owned up to it, which I guess is good you don't want him making excuses he said it was my mistake 
you know, th- we handle it internally and it's done and, and we're moving forward, which is what you want to hear from a kid like that. But at the same time, you know, you prefer that the incident not occur in the first place because first of all, when he says, I didn't know how many minutes I played, come on. I, I feel like, you know, if you played 20 minutes or not, especially as we were talking about before we start recording, so I understand it, the team basically, you know, provides these guys with stat sheets That's that are pretty, sitting when they... That's pretty standard yeah, across the NBA. exactly. You got to see what they're... Because, you know, they don't really... Not everybody counts their points and assists and whatever as they're, as they're going along in the game. I mean, I know some guys will kind of track it a little bit. And I, I know if you're kind of getting towards, like, maybe a milestone of some type, somebody will be like, hey, you know, you're two re- rebounds away from a double-double or you're, you know two assists away from a triple-double or something like that. So then maybe somebody might stat hunt a little bit. But, you know, for the most part, there's too many other things they're paying attention to to be, like, constantly counting every single one of their stats as, sure. as the game goes by. But, yeah, I mean, it was I mean, it was disappointing that it happened. Um, I think it was, you know, as you, as you said, it's – he's a young kid. He made, him, he made a choice that was, you know, the wrong one, whether – but, I mean – it was a minor infraction, to be honest, for all intents and purposes. I just – I kind of look at it as it – they probably went a li- maybe a little overboard in that – in suspending him for, you know, a minor rule infraction. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, you've got a young team. you got – you know, and may- maybe you're looking at a team – I mean, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Maybe they're starting to rebel a little bit, you know, because losing can get to get to guys – and, you know, you just not, had to reset the tone. Let's not throw out sheer speculation here, Paul, and start assuming there's a rift in the Suns I'm not saying there's a rift. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, losing can get to guys and, you know, guys may, you know, start caring a little less about, like, the day-to-day grind right. of getting through the NBA season when you're like, well, you know, we're going to get another top, top draft pick again. Right. You know, it's going to be another really bad losing season. You know, do I really need to do this cardio tonight? Right. Or, you know, get this treatment or whatever it is. And, you know, Triano's just kind of setting the tone of like, yeah, you do. You know, there's going to be consequences if you don't. And, unfortunately, Chris was the fall guy. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if he was a fall guy. Well, Uh, he he was the one who happened to make an infraction that they had to make an example of. And the one thing that rubs me the wrong way outside of the fact that it happened with Chris, well, maybe there's a few things. First of all, I just pulled it up. He played 14 minutes, and I'm no NBA player. I haven't played organized basketball since I think I was in, like, eighth grade, okay? So I'm not saying I'm an expert in this at all, but I would venture to guess these guys have at least some sort of, like, internal clock idea as to how many minutes you play in a game. And it's not like he played 18 or 19 minutes. He played 14 minutes. Which is just was a shade over. Was he in foul trouble that game? Like, why was he? Why did he play so little? I, I can't. Uh, I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I didn't get a chance to even watch that game. It was the Jazz. Yeah, um, I, could, I didn't get to watch that one either. He was not in foul trouble, but he was one for five. And did they get blown out in that game. Yes, maybe that's why. That also they just got blown out. So they started playing guys. Yeah, they were. Guys. I mean, they were down twenty. Nineteen points at nope twenty two points <laughs> math. Do math, Justin. 22 points at halftime. So, yeah, maybe that had something to do with it. But ultimately, again, I feel like he would know how many minutes he had played or at least have an idea. And if he thinks he's even close, I mean, it's not like he, again, not like he came close and was like, oh, maybe I played 22 minutes. Yeah. He played 14 minutes. If you know that you're even teetering on that line, like, you think he would go and be like, hey, how many minutes did I play? Do I need to do this after the game? 
The other thing, too, that I think creates issues for me is the fact that it was Marquise Chris, who we all know Summer League was out of shape. Triano's come out and said he's still not even where they would want him to be uh, in terms of his conditioning, and we're, what, 50, almost 50 games into the season? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, more than 50 games in the season. So, I mean, that's that's a concern. I think that probably played into why it was met with a suspension, too. Uh, again, speculating because we don't know if this has happened before and they haven't suspended guys or what happened. Wild speculation. It's what we do. It's, you know, it's, it's we, all we fan got. flames. It's all we got. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just get those flames burning brighter. Um, and, you know, it's it kind of goes back to this thing. Like, Chris, he's obviously shown glimpses, but yeah. he, and we've talked about this before, he just has that, appears to have that mentality of he's not really all that focused, not into being an NBA player. And maybe this is another example of that, but it certainly, for me, I mean, if this was Devin Booker or, you know, somebody else who has a reputation for being a hard worker, mm-hmm. then I would be a little more inclined to say, okay, yeah, I'm buying that, you know, you just didn't truly didn't think you um, needed to do it because you thought you had played the minutes or right. even if it's a frustration thing and you were just pissed about the game and didn't want to do it. Like right. I would, I would tend to give that a little more credence than with Marquise Chris, who has shown a, a propensity for lacking the focus, lacking the drive that as fans, we would like to see him have. Right. I mean, well, before, before we start recording, you had mentioned that if this is a more like veteran laden team, mm-hmm. you know, you know, these guys know what it, those guys know what it takes. Those guys understand the grind. You know, they, you know, yeah, they may not want to do it that night, but they'll do it the next day. Whereas, you know, you have to hold a team of young, young guys who, you know, haven't developed those habits yet. Haven't like, don't really truly understand the necessity of it. You know, mm-hmm. particularly the older guys also understand this necessity of it. Cause you know, you remember hearing the stories about Grant Hill and Steve Nash and even Dirk, you know, as they're getting up in years of like all the prep they have to do just to be able to play mm-hmm. in a game. Like they understand the weight of that. Whereas a 19 year old kid is like, I can just get out of, out of bed and I can jump over a basketball. Hoop. He, he doesn't have to lay on the sidelines covered in towels and heating pads like right. Nash did exactly. towards the end of his exactly. son's days. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, you, gotta, you look at a more veteran laden team, if you know, a guy wants to skip it, but you know he'll make it up the next day. They'll you know they might let it slide. Whereas the Suns, they can't you know when you're young like that, you really can't let those little things slide. I mean, it's kind of like um, like the broken window theory a little bit of like you know you let one little thing go, you know you're gonna see like more things kind of just kind of pile on. You know that one window's broken. If you don't fix that, somebody else is gonna break another one because they think oh this one's already broken. And it's just same kind of concept. Slippery but slope, if you slippery will. Slippery slope, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think, we, I think we've beat this topic to death a little bit. I feel like that's an <laughs> overstatement, but I, I, I think we can certainly move on. Um, and I think we move on to this Aaron Gordon discussion because there's been talk again about him being available. Uh, and, and there's been speculation about the Suns perhaps looking to pursue him in a trade. Uh, and I think this leads in perfectly because one would imagine that if that type of scenario were to play out, that somebody like Marquise Chris might be included in that trade or Dragon Bender or both, right. as Dave King had suggested in a 
an, an article on Brightside earlier today. Uh, so, Paul, what do you think? What do you think about Aaron Gordon? What do you think about, first of all, what do you think about the Suns? Let me say, what do you think one more time? What do you, what think, do you think about think, the Suns going after Aaron Gordon? And if you think it's an idea that is plausible, could have some traction that you would be interested in, what would you be willing to give up if you were the Phoenix Suns, if you were Ryan McDonough making that trade? Yeah, I mean, I think he kind of he kind of fits what the Suns are looking for from, you know, both from a skill level, uh, age, mm-hmm. you know, to be as part of the timeline kind of thing. Um, he's, he, and positionally as well, kind of where the Suns, I mean, yeah, we ha- kind of have a lot of players there, but none of them have really kind of taken that leap that Gordon seems to be taking right now. I mean, I don't think he's, I don't even know if I would say he's a number two option, but he'd be a really solid number three that mm-hmm. when you pair with Booker makes the team a little bit more attractive mm-hmm. to bring in somebody else, like whether, you know, and then if we're able to keep the the number four pick, you know, that actually could be the top, those three guys. Sure. Um, and if, if I can just interject really quick, just imagine having a front court that consisted of Josh Jackson, Aaron Gordon, and I don't know who, DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> like the athleticism alone right there, and the length is like sick. But anyway, go on. I, my interjection is over. I, yeah, I, so I you would be that. interested. You wouldn't hate the idea. No, not okay. at all. I, I definitely wouldn't hate the idea, and I think the Suns should look into it. I think they mm-hmm. are kind of the ideal type of team to make a move sure. for him. And they have three first round draft, potentially three first round draft picks in this year's three draft. Three first round draft picks, but they have, I think, 47 second round draft picks. 47 second round draft picks. But they what do they have? Four or five draft picks just in some, I mean, some to be conveyed in later years. Yeah. But I mean, they still, some still have all of their own draft picks. They've got, um, you know, the Miami pick, they've got the Milwaukee pick, which will convey at some point. And they've got, um, another Miami pick. I don't know if I'd give up that other Miami pick because that one's going to be sweet. Yeah, they've they've got – so we've got 2018 first-round pick from Miami, uh, which is protected one through seven. Right. We've got we should get that 2018 first-round draft pick from Milwaukee, 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 which is protected one through 10 and 17 through 30 this year. Um, again, second-round draft picks as well. Uh, and then we've got the 2021 first-round pick from Miami, which unprotected. is unprotected. Right. So, I mean, we've got pieces that we can move for them. I w- on- what would you give up? What's your trade? What, what trade do you say, yes, I'm taking Aaron Gordon, knowing you're going to have to pay him this offseason right. as well? I mean, if it, if, it, if it only took Chris and the Miami pick, I would be ecstatic. And then like some salary filler. Presumably, right? I don't even know if you need that much salary filler because Chris is an Ember. Oh, yeah, and, and, I mean, he's yeah, still on a rookie deal and he hasn't been extended yet. Right, so and Gordon's only making seven point two this year. I think. Right, so I mean, yeah, you may have right. to do a little bit of salary filler, Jesus but the Suns coach. also have 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 room, so I don't think they need to worry about that because they're well, sending back the the lesser salary. Um, but I would be willing to give up Chris and maybe both the Milwaukee and. Miami picks this year. I think that I think getting Gordon back while still retaining our pick sets us up well. We don't need more players than that. So cash in the chips. I think he's the kind of player that 
I wouldn't clear the decks for him, mm-hmm. but I might do a slight overpay. And I think two first two mid to late first round picks and a young player is sufficient return for Aaron Gordon. Yeah, and I I, I mean I think if I'm Orlando, I'd jump all over that because they haven't exactly, you know, they've, they've tried to do a little rebuild. And outside of having, you know, Gordon, who's had a breakout year this year, and Alfred Payton's amazing hair, there's, you know, not a lot to no, be excited about over there. Um, I, I, I don't know if I were the Suns, though, if I'd give up two first-round draft picks for them. And I, and that, I mean, that's, but, but, but we can re-protect. That's the that's, other thing. You can, that's you can a good add point. protections. Depending on the protections, then then perhaps. And I, I look at this as a – and this is coming from, like – Aaron Gordon was like a god at U of A for right. his you know year there one year yeah, um, and I've been a Gordon fan, and he was one of those guys that you know his first couple of years in the league you're sitting there going oh well that didn't work out well for Orlando because he didn't perform that well. Well, um, they were also playing him out of position. I think they very well might have. I don't watch enough Orlando Magic Orlando. basketball, right? But but this year he has had a breakout year. But now let me tell you why I also have some trepidation mm-hmm. on on Aaron Gordon because if you look at his raw numbers this year, just his his season averages, not a lot to complain about. He's averaging eighteen and a half points, give or take. He's averaging eight plus boards. He's shooting. almost from the field and 35% almost from three-point range. But what I've seen digging into it a little bit deeper is that he's had a bit of a slip consistently throughout the year. And obviously right now he's injured. So perhaps, you know, the poor January that he had plays into, you know, is is partially due to him perhaps playing through some of those injuries, kind of like Devin Booker seems to have been doing over the past, you know, few weeks. But, I mean, October, short month, obviously, they had five games, but he shot 55% from the field and almost 60% from three-point range while putting up 21 points a game. November, he averaged 17.7 a game uh, and shot 49.5% from the field and almost 40% from three-point range. December, he put up 19.5 points a game shot 47.5% overall and 36% from three-point range. And then in January, again, perhaps injuries contributing to this, he averaged 17.3 points a game and shot 35% from the field and 20% from three-point range. So the concern I have is if you look at that, that's a slow regression throughout the year. And while the numbers overall look good, is he more of this guy that was October, November Aaron Gordon is he December, January, Aaron Gordon? Is he somewhere in between? What are you truly getting out of this? And knowing you're going to have to pay him a lot of money, presumably, to, yeah. to retain him. He's a restricted free agent after mm-hmm. the season. But knowing you're going to have to pay him money and well, still not having 100% of a feel as to what type of player he truly is. And obviously, you know, I'm sure advanced scouting and all that, the Suns would have their due diligence and know, at least have believe they know exactly what they're getting. But from my perspective, just looking at numbers like that, it brings up reason for me to pause and not necessarily jump into a deal for him, even if it seems like it maybe would be a good deal. But I certainly don't think, and I've already talked myself out of the idea of two first-round draft picks now, protections or not, I don't know that I would give up a player and two first-round draft picks um, for him. Well, a couple counterpoints. By all means. One... He's he's in Orlando right now, and he's basically their number one option. 
I don't see him as a number one option. So mm-hmm. when you put him on a team where you know he he's the second or probably at best his best position would be a third option where he's you know catching you know catching lobs shooting open threes you know basically playing the Sean Marion role. I was just gonna say that sure. I, like you know I mean I think that was one of the comps when he came into the league was was Sean Marion from an athleticism standpoint and whatnot and where they weren't really sure if he was a three or a four, but. You know, so you put him in that position where you on a team where you clearly have a number one option in Devin Booker, who you know controls the ball, can distribute, can get you know, can get him in positions to succeed, and so there's that. Two. I don't know what the market's going to be like this summer. To be honest, from right. a, from a, there's not a lot of teams that have the space to throw out a max contract. Right. Period. Let alone at a restricted free agent, so the Suns theoretically could have leverage um, with regards to getting uh, you know a more favorable deal. Maybe not a full max. I mean, it's still going to be a crap ton of money, but not maybe not a full max, which would be nice going like down the line, just to have a little bit more flexibility. And but I do want to come back to what really confuses me right now is why does Orlando want to get rid of him? I because this wasn't a you know and this was actually this was actually a conversation I was had a little bit with um, Snotty Drippin on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, you know, of famed uh, Meet Me in Temecula. Okay, back in a couple years ago, you do you not no, remember this no story? No clue what that oh, is. Oh well, I'll, I'll tell you that off air. Okay, <laughs> don't need to rehash this, but um, that's how he got Twitter famous. And, um, Who is he meeting in Temecula? I, you have to give me at least a little okay. bit of this here. So Don't give he, me the whole thing. He was, he was talking crap on Kobe. Okay. And some Lakers fan um, told said he wanted to fight him. And he's like, well, I live in Temecula. So the guy got in his car and drove to Temecula to oh, go fight him. I remember that But happening. he was actually in Phoenix like visiting. He, was like, he wasn't even in Temecula. Temecula. That's outstanding. But I, he, I remember that <laughs> happening. I did not realize that was him. But okay. Yeah. Thank you, anyway, Paul. Go on. So we were going, back, we were going back, to, back and forth a little bit. And he was talking about like he, he doesn't understand how like players can – or not players, but like fans can get all like, you know, into the idea of trying to understand why – it would be a good idea for the Orlando to trade Gordon. And I'm like, and my response was, but the story came out that they wanted to trade him, whether or not it's good for Orlando to trade him. Mm -hmm. They were the ones exploring it. And I mean, teams explore trades for every player all the time. Sure. But if it gets out into the media, that means there's some seriousness to it, at least on some level. So I guess my confusion is why, are they looking to possibly get rid of Aaron Gordon? I mean, I understand he's going to have to get paid this year, but they have nothing. Right. And in the NBA, unlike baseball, which also confuses me why, like, when a team sucks, they just trade away all their great, good players instead of holding on to them and trying to build around them. They're just like, oh, we'll just get rid of the good players and get new good players. I don't understand that. Like what Miami's done, like... Every year. Every year. I'd say like maybe once or twice a decade. <laughs> Every <laughs> for three the years. past three decades, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that doesn't happen in basketball where the clear the decks is. I mean, unless you're like a team like 
potentially the Cavs that are, okay, we had our run, now it's time to clear the decks because we need to rebuild. Mm-hmm. The Orlando Magic have been rebuilding since Grant Hill left. Right. And so I don't know why the one player they have who is actually starting to grow into his role, they're looking to move on from. Well, and, and maybe they're looking at it from this perspective. It's, obviously, they're not having a very good year. They're going to, in all likelihood, if things continue to have play out as they are, are going to end up with a top five pick. Um, and maybe they look at it and think, okay, well, Aaron Gordon's a nice piece that we have right now, but adding a top five pick right. and then having what we have, especially in a draft where you've got a pretty like heavy big top man seven. presence in the top in the top five, top, top seven, they're thinking, let's get additional value back for him now, knowing that we're going to go into this big man class where we have we like you know A, B, and C a lot. And then maybe we get a couple of first round draft picks uh, in return for that, and we can turn those into players who will help, you know, create the team that we want out here. And maybe they just don't see these like a sell high type thing, right? Um, but you know, who knows? It's again right. rampant speculation. Fan the flames. <laughs> uh, so no, I, I get what you're saying, and and I guess you know from my perspective also if. If the Suns are confident enough that the Aaron Gordon that they could potentially be getting is the Aaron Closer Gordon that's more, yeah, exactly, then that frankly will change my perspective somewhat. Right. Then I, I might be more inclined to say, okay, well, if, if you're confident in this and it's not mm-hmm. just, well, we've got the assets, let's go ahead and give this a shot. Um, if you're confident in it, then I would be a little more you know, favored, right. uh, favorable towards doing that. Uh, especially, again, I mean, that would be, an incredibly athletic front court right. that they would have. Uh, and, I mean, you, we didn't even mention well, T.J. Warren is not exactly the most athletic guy. The dude has a nose for basketball. He can score. Yeah, exactly. He can score the ball. So right. uh, it would definitely be intriguing. Uh, that's that's for right. sure. As long as, again, the Suns are confident that they are getting mm-hmm. a guy who is able to shoot the ball at better than a 40 and 28 Right, kind of, kind yeah. of, uh, at at least league average percentage. of three, and I, I just, I just look at it just at, at this point in the Suns' rebuild. It's, it's time to push the chips in, sure. And so, and they've clearly, you know, they've been discussed as, you know, after the a lot of times after the fact when a trade goes down, like uh, the, the Suns were in the mix, right. but clearly they weren't pushing all the chips in. I think, you know, maybe, like, McDonald was afraid to pull the trigger. It's time to pull the trigger. Right. And and the likelihood of there being somebody that is going to be much more of a, you know, higher caliber higher caliber player than an Air Gord coming right. on the market, especially, you know, in the next three days. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. Two days, three days, whatever, uh, is, is, is perhaps going to be slim. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe... Maybe it happens. Maybe nothing ever comes of it. But the Suns definitely, I presume, will be kicking the wheels and seeing seeing what's what's possible out there. Right. I I, I think I just hope that this we don't see see just another year of collecting assets. I think it's time to do a little bit more than just kick the tires on stuff and like actually, you know, 
It's time to sign. Time to sign the paperwork. Right. Well, when I say kick the tires, I mean they have to at, at least inquire. <laughs> right. Well, and 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 do so in a way that see see if what they're going to ask for right. is is tenable. Because again, yeah. if it's the Suns' pick, then no, no I'm not going to yeah, do not it. Not a chance. So not a chance. So then I'm kicking the tires and immediately I'll, leaving. I'll kick the tires uh, down leaving, the road. Leaving the lot. Leaving the lot and never looking back again. Right. Exactly. I'm going to take your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, out to a nice seafood dinner and never call her back again. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> what? Where did that come from? Uh, okay. So, we done with Aaron Gordon? I think so. Yeah? Sweet. Well, and we may be talking about him again in three days. Oh, uh, well, very well, Mike. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm sure we'll talk about him at some point within the next three days, in the very least. Uh, whether or not it's about him changing jerseys and wearing purple and orange will be seen. Or purple and gold. <laughs> uh, or purple and gold. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Um, okay. Okay. Shutting down Devin Booker until after the All-Star break. <laughs> before, before that gets cut off at well, the wrong point right there. Here, here's a question that I don't know if you know the answer to. And maybe... I'll make it up. Because of what he is competing in during the All-Star break... Because it's, you know, it's less, you know, it's not going to affect his being injured. Right. He's, he's in the three-point contest. Mm-hmm. I think we'd like to see him in the three-point contest. I think he'd be sure. very good in the three-point contest. Um, but if he is shut down between now and the All-Star break, can, can he, he compete? Because I know, I know Aaron Gordon is shut down through the All-Star break now. And he, because of that, he's also withdrawn from the dunk contest. And our and our boy Donovan Mitchell is taking his place. Not my boy, just yours. <laughs> but does the same thing have to hold true for the three point contest? Where, you know, I mean, yeah, there's athleticism in shooting three pointers that way, but it's not the same as a dunk contest where you potentially have to worry about landing wrong or getting hurt or things like that. You know, it's set it's set shot three pointers. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure he can do it with the types of injuries he has right now, unless he chooses to not want to. Right. Well, and, and I'm looking at the schedule, too. I mean, they've got five games before the All-Star break. Uh, Devin Booker, based on my recollection, has already been said he's going to— down for four of them, played the last one. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Well, let's, let's look at it like this. He, he had, he had the, the, what, hip injury, right? Was yeah, that what he just it was? had a hip injury, yeah. Well, what was, he, was, he was— he He's already got had like a turf toe thing going was on. Was that what it was? I thought he Early. had a hip issue, and then I don't know. He's had like three or four injuries okay. this year. So he missed. He missed a game. What two games ago? Three games mm-hmm. ago. He came back after missing one game. Um, then he goes and takes his knee yesterday and is injured again. Let's say that in two games from now, or let's call it three games. So by this Saturday against Denver, it, thinking, hey, you know what? He could probably go here today. Why don't we just let him sit one more game? Let him get yeah. fully healthy because it's one of those things where he, as as much of a part as the of the offense as he is, he's he's going to get dinged. He's going to get nudged around. Is he going to get you know beat up a little mm. bit each game? Um, maybe he came back a little quick from the last one because his you know he's been he hasn't been as efficient except for well I say this and he was you know shot fifty percent for the game yesterday before he got hurt, um, but. He's he's had you know some games that are not up to par that we would expect to see from Devin After Booker this season, yeah. right? And 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 maybe and maybe it it in part has to do with him still having those little bit of dings because while he's healthy enough to play, 
he's still got a little bit of stuff lingering. Maybe right. it's just I a matter mean, of giving him an extra game you can see when that you think he might throw attempts. I mean, he's... I, th- I think he's playing a little cautious. Mm-hmm. I think, he, you know, he's not going in there to get those fouls because, you know, it hurts a little bit more mm-hmm. right now. So, you know, give him some time. Let him get healthy. Let him get some treatment. Let him go to Mexico before the All-Star break. Get recovered. Come back. Shoot some three-pointers. Three go back to Mexico. <laughs> Re- really enjoy that white sandy beach. Okay. <laughs> like, like Blake Griffin's going to do. <laughs> there you go. Um Give him a two-week respite like LeBron had. Right. It's one of those things where it's like we're not, you know, every game isn't that consequential for the Suns. And when I say every game isn't consequential, I mean every win isn't consequential. (laughs) We're not fighting for a playoff spot here where, okay, if he he can go, he should go because the team's, even if he's not 100%, is a better team with him than without him, which I think is obviously the truth. But... Why not just make sure he's he's fully fully healthy and give yeah. him give him an extra day or what whatnot? And so perhaps until after the All Star break made no sense, and we should have thought this through more before we. You okay? Tired? A little tired, bit. Tired, buddy. A little bit. Been up since four. See, maybe. See, maybe I, when you brought up the idea of shutting down, maybe I should have thought about it more since you're on your weary brain for being <laughs> up so late here today. Um, but. Point being, let's make sure he's fully healthy, and if it takes an extra game for him to get healthy, then let him get healthy so that you know he can get back to being that confident, aggressive player that we've been right. seeing that perhaps we're not seeing as much of because he's got those little things that are kind of lingering, even though he could still push himself to play through that. Right, and I mean, I I just look at it, I mean, it's, it's almost like a, it could almost be a little bit of a stealth version of what happened last year where they actively shut down Tyson and Eric Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, shut him down. He has injuries. Let's that not compare can... it to the shutdown of Eric Bledsoe. No, Because that clearly that, ended not well. That ended not well. But, I mean, <laughs> Devin Booker is injured. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he could play at 80, 85%. But we don't need to bring him back at 80, 85%. Right. You know? Exactly. So, shut him down till he's healthy. Tap the brakes a bit. Just... Let him chill. You give know him that treatment. I know give, he's going to want to play White Beach. Whatever. I know he's going to want to be. I know he's going to want to play. I know he's going to want to be out there. But get. Don't let him. Let him. Let let tie him, him to a chair. Whatever it takes. Put 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 him in that. I don't know that freezer that they all stand in. That's like negative seven hundred degrees or something. Okay. That they stand in for like two uh-huh. minutes. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing that for a while. <laughs> Maybe not for like straight. <laughs> I don't need to popsicle. Yes. Um, okay. And so let's talk about one more thing. Uh, and this was mentioned by Kyle Loves the Suns, L U V S, uh, on Brightside on the message board from our last pod. Uh, and he brought up the idea of possibly looking, exploring a trade for. Damian Lillard. Right. Um, I'm guessing this stems from the news about Lillard asking for a meeting with the Paul Allen, the owner of the Blazers. Quite possibly. And, and who did I say brought it up during the Suns tele or during the NBA TV Suns telecast? Is that Paul Pierce? Yeah, Paul Pierce. I think mentioned it. That maybe not necessarily the Suns. I don't know. I didn't see it. This is just what uh, Kyle had said in the on the message board. But that he had Paul Pierce had suggested that the Blazers might want to trade Damian Lillard and. Back to that meeting, from what I understand, it wasn't like this, you know, end-all, be-all meeting. Yeah, exactly. It was a Damian Lillard wants to see what the team's doing and what the 
approaches moving forward and all right. that to make sure he that he wants to stay. Right. He wants to stay, but he wants to know that the team is moving in a direction that will allow him to succeed. And because he has goals, and mm-hmm. if the team's not going to meet those goals, you know, maybe he's going to want to move on. But he's not ready for that. I mean, we're right. we're probably looking at two years down the line before he'd ask for ask out because. At this point, they have a number of moves to make, and they are they are kind of screwed a little bit, the Blazers, because in that year of everybody having cap space, they signed a bunch of mediocre guys to mm-hmm. a little more than they probably needed. Were they the team aside Myers Leonard? Yep. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I, th- I think what the goal was like, okay, we got these young guys, we're going to get them under reason- reasonable, in quotes, contracts. That we could then maybe move, package and move later for like something else. But with everybody giving out way too much money, now it's everybody's cheap again mm-hmm. because everybody's caps tied up in giant contracts for guys like Kent Bazemore. So you can't move a guy like Myers Leonard who's on an overpay of a contract as right. it is, let alone multi- package multiple of those guys together. So the Blazers are in a bit of a quandary. You know, they've got two stars in. Lillard and McCollum, who on one side of the floor are great, on the other side of the floor, not so much. You know, and to be honest, bringing in Lillard into the Suns, you're kind of going to run into the same situation, except Booker's six inches taller than McConnell. McCollum. Right, yeah, and, you know. TJ McCollum, TJ McConnell, you know. TJ McConnell, hey, let's. (laughs) Hmm. Give me a nice backup. We we could make, you know, let's just. TJ McConnell, Tyler, you We'll take whatever Wildcats. Doesn't matter if it's Kentucky or Arizona, but still Wildcats, right? Yeah. Kansas State. (laughs) Actually, I don't know. That's where Super Cool Bees is from. (laughs) That's what? Who? Super Cool Bees. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's. I was. I was going to mention him, but I didn't realize that uh, you would have a fun little nickname for him. It's his Twitter handle. Um, is it really? Yeah. Oh, good, for, good for him. He thinks very highly of himself, obviously. Um, he, he wears watches on his ankle. Well, I mean, if you're crossing your legs and you want to know what time it is, you just look down at your ankle. Boom. Maybe he's a genius. Uh, he does use 11% of his brain. You know, back to your – back to this kind of – goes back to what you were talking about, uh, well, just now, but you also brought it up earlier, and that is the cap space thing. Is I was there was an article actually on ESPN today that talked about how there's going to be a money crunch in the NBA coming up this this off season, right. and there are only seven teams with to, projected to have ten million plus in cap space uh, going into this off season. The Suns obviously being one of them. Um, so so I think you're you're right in in that regard in terms of the market for an Aaron Gordon, uh, and also in terms of players like this, like right. Myers Leonard, whoever being able to be packaged. Um, you know I. It, Damian Lillard would would I object to him being on the Suns? No, no. I just I'm with you. I don't think it's something that's really plausible. I don't think that you know it's not an Orlando situation where they're thinking okay we can move um, you know Aaron Gordon. Maybe right. they're thinking sell high, get some extra picks, and and help right. you know take another shot at this rebuild, <laughs> which has essentially failed for them so far. Uh, the Trailblazers aren't really in that realm. You no, they're, they they're, they, they're a low playoff team. Yeah, exactly. High lottery team at this point. Exactly. And, um, I mean, they have, they need another piece or two. And, I mean, honestly, if, if anybody's probably going to be moved on the Blazers, is McCollum. Because Lillard is the face of that franchise. Right, right. He loves Portland. He loves being part of that team. And he loves being the face of the franchise. I mean, that's part of the reason LaMarcus Aldridge left. 
is mm-hmm. the the team was pushing Lillard. I mean, McCollum's good, but he's not the face of the franchise. And they, he is a guy who could be moved to bring back an asset that would, you know, fit them a little better. I mean, you could for what their needs are. I mean, you could you could move a McCollum for a you know a wing, you know, like a, maybe a, a bigger wing. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head at the moment, but there's a team that's going to need like a a point guard, shooting guard, and has a wing, a strong wing that they could trade for him. Mm-hmm. So that would be the move. Yeah, and I mean, and they've got. I mean, outside of those two guys, you've also got, you know, uh, Nurkic over there, who's obviously played well since he came over from, he's the one that came over from the Nuggets, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's played well for them. He's turning into a a solid piece. And some people might scoff at this, and so far, probably rightfully so, but... I I don't think you need to, I don't think you should sell Zach Zach Collins short of being... Potentially a decent He's producer from Gonzaga. in the NBA. Sell, sell everybody from Gonzaga short. That's fair. I mean, I think he'll have a better NBA career than Adam Morrison. Martin. So, right? <laughs> um, so, Damian Lillard, it was a fun idea, sure. I just, yeah, I, I don't think that's something that's going to happen. Um, and how old is Lillard? Do you know off, off the top of your head? He's older than you'd think because he's a four-year college player. And he's on, he's, so he's been in the league. He's 27. 27, okay. So, he's, yeah. you know, kind of, you're, you're looking into that, you know, people that complained about Bledsoe's age, even though Bledsoe, I think, is a little older than Lillard. Yeah, he's, he's like, like 28, 20, 29, somewhere yeah. in there. But we're still kind of in the same ballpark as to the right. whole, like, is that on the timeline right. thing? Well, and obviously the timelines accelerate a little bit, but still. Right, but you also, I mean, yeah, there's age, but there's also miles. Right. And Bledsoe and Wall and those guys, those, these, they've been in the NBA since they were 19. Mm-hmm. They have NBA miles on their body for three more years than Damian Lillard does because mm-hmm. he played three years, four years of college. So, I mean, that's, what, 30 games a season? Give or take. Give or take yeah. versus 82. And yeah. that's a – just from that standpoint, I mean, yeah, he's he's – on the older side, but from a mile standpoint, he's much much less so. Right, right. Yeah, so I mean, you know, that, that, that meeting, obviously, if that meeting went differently, obviously, then maybe we're having a different conversation about whether Lillard might actually right. move. But since he hasn't requested a trade, there's no reason. I mean, I think Portland, well, everyone up in Portland's like super polite, so they would probably just like raise their voices a little bit. They wouldn't right. burn the city down if they traded him. But I think you're right. He is the face of the franchise. He's not a guy that's going to really be put out there on the block. Right, and I mean, I don't think... And again, I think it comes back to the – when that meeting was reported, I think it was mischaracterized as what the intent of the meeting was. Right. He didn't go in there saying, hey, I want out. He mm-hmm. went in there saying, hey, I want to stay. How are we going to make this a winning team? And I think I read something where Alan even said that he was terrified when Lillard requested it because he didn't know what it was going to be right. about first but then came out and said ultimately it was a very productive, positive meeting. So. Right. Nice, nice idea. Fun to chat about, but realistic possibility, nah, no. nah. Uh, and I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I like Damian yeah. Lillard fine, but you know. Eh. Uh, so, anything else, Paul? Any other thoughts? Think, not really. Not think the Suns are going to make any significant move before the deadline. Would I bet on it? No. Would I like to see it? Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Time, time will tell. Significant moves, I mean, at the deadline, significant moves are rare. I mean, right. you're really, it's, you're looking at teams trying to sell off pieces or you're looking at teams who are trying to get that one last little piece they need. You're not seeing 
blockbusters at right. the deadline. I mean, you, we've seen some crazy stuff the last couple of years, but with the way the market is right now, I'm not seeing a lot of movement as much as people think there might be. I mean, it has been did have an early start with the Blake trade, right? But and we've already seen and we saw the um, you know the Tyler Zeller trade we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Was there another trade in there that I'm forgetting about? Um, oh, I'm, yeah, the, the Nikola Miritich tr- trade to New Orleans. Okay. Yeah. That's and there right. was... You know what we didn't talk about? What? Greg Monroe is no longer a son. Oh, yeah. Are, are we done with that? I mean, yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that covered it. He went, to, he went to Boston. Is that where he ended up? I didn't see yeah. where he had ended up. Yeah, that was kind of one of those things that was interesting. Obviously, there presumably there wasn't any, you know. We'll talk about market. Any He's got info like, about? Yeah, exactly. Any any traction in, in terms of a trade market for him? Otherwise, yeah, I, mean, I would the, the, presume the Suns wouldn't he, have bought him out. He's the type of player that a contending team would have wanted. I mean, right. he's clearly. I mean, did you see the splits of like with regards to games where he played versus games where he did not play? Mm-mm. It was bad. Not good. It was not good. He we were like one and seven in games he played, and like just under, like close to much better in games that he did not play. In games that he did not play. Right. Well, and you know, finding out that he went to Boston, good for him. I think he came to the Suns in a, obviously a weird situation, and yeah. I think he handled himself well throughout, he especially considering he was playing, not playing, always back and forth. Right. And for, for all intents and purposes, didn't throw a stink about it, didn't I mean, make any noise. I don't think so. the Suns really wanted him. Like, well, yeah, clearly not. <laughs> Especially yeah. since they bought him out now. But, right. But yeah, he was definitely, but, he was definitely filler to I mean, get, even just when, to even make that Even when he came move. in, they didn't even have like a introductory press conference for him. Yeah, they posted they, that random thing on Twitter. I think we talked about that too. Yeah. And they were like, oh, hey, by the way, Greg Monroe's yeah, here. He's, he's a son now. Although they sold his jerseys pretty quickly in the team shop. <laughs> Um, I guess, what am I going to do with my Greg Monroe jersey? I don't know. Jeez. Um, maybe we should need to draft somebody with the name Monroe. <laughs> I might have to wait a little while about that. I don't think it's happening this year. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, good, good luck to him. I, yep. I, I hope he has a nice, fun, he, he long playoff run He was extremely professional there. while with the Suns. Exactly. He understood his role. He understood what the Suns were asking of him. And he didn't complain about it. Because I think he probably, you know, he knew there was an out coming. Whether it was a trade, whether right. it was a buyout. Something was going to happen, and I think, um, I think the Suns actually get a decent amount of relief because unlike him signing a minimum deal, which is what you see a lot of times with guys who get these buyouts, he signed like a five million dollar deal okay. with, with Boston, which I think was part of the reason he chose them over New Orleans because I think New Orleans could only offer like two and a half was like the max mm-hmm, they could offer, mm-hmm. but he signed a five million dollar deal with Boston, so. If I understand NBA rules correctly, when you have a buyout or, you know, something like that, if there's if he picks up salary, he gets money. gotcha. So if the Suns bought him out for, I don't know, X, and then he gets a five million dollar contract, they yeah. pay X minus five. Is that what you're it, thinking? It may not something be, to that. It's it, something it, it similar. It may be maybe not one to one like that. Maybe but, not one to one. It may be like what the original salary was. And like so, the new dollars count against whatever the, the salary was between, between the salary and the buyout. So okay, so let's say it was a ten, twelve million dollar deal. They mm-hmm. bought him out for ten. Mm-hmm. He again got another deal for five million dollars. Mm-hmm. The first two million covers the difference between the buyout and his actual salary, and then they get relief for three million. Gotcha. Huh. Making stuff up. Maybe, Don't but know if that's hey, how that it makes works. sense. Those numbers add up. 
<laughs> so, okay. Well, I guess in that case, happy trade deadline, everybody, because mm-hmm. we won't be back until after the trade deadline. We'll see if we have anything fun and exciting to discuss. As always, thank I you. I got my Woj notifications on because I'm blocked by him. You so I'm Thank God for that burner account, account right? <laughs> I, yes, I, I, I'm not blocked by him. Only Eric Bledsoe has blocked yeah. me on Twitter, so uh, I've got that going for me. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening to Fanning the Flames. Uh, you can catch up with me on Twitter at so says J Paul at Dervish of World, and the podcast has a <laughs> Twitter handle at Fan the Flames NBA, which is clearly just so Paul can actually get notifications from Woj. Uh, <laughs> and until the next time we come at you, depending on when you're listening. Have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. No soup for you. Wow.